You got a problem, you don't know what to do Your dreams are strange, and you're seeing things too The world is full of mystery Life's more than you can see You can ask pomegranate You can ask pomegranate She's a priestess Hello, psychics. Welcome to the podcast. I'm glad you're here to listen. We've got a lot of good questions today about clearing and getting rid of ghosts and figuring out what to do with money. Isn't the world mysterious? I find it so interesting to be on planet Earth and to be a part of this time when everything is in upheaval and we're coming to a place of really starting to experiment with our best selves that the human creature is trying to evolve into something spectacular it's trying to become its best self it's trying to harness its brain it's trying to understand the amygdala which is you know the old lizard brain that is all about fight or flight and it's trying to understand culture and really blossom into something uh, peaceful and I think about um, some of those planets that you used to see on Star Trek where they would go to the peaceful planet and people would be living in their very highly technical homes that are also very humble and wearing the beautiful homespun clothing and just being very lovely people and how Star Trek gave us the vision for those kinds of like an entire planet living in peace and love and with technology and yet in simplicity and the really beautifully handmade objects and how in inspiring that was and I wonder about our future and our development into beings that can be in harmony with the nature of the universe and at the same time really enjoying all those technical advancements without uh, causing harm to the very planet that they live on we could be those people we could be we could become uh, that vision fulfilled and I'm happy to participate in it. And um, it's very interesting to me how many things there are left to explore in the world. And how I remember one time hearing some scientists say, well, we've, we really discovered everything. And thinking, what? <laughs> how, really? Maybe that's as big as the vision went. And I guess we're only as big as our visions can be. So my question to you is, what's your vision? What's your vision for the world? If you were to be an absolutely crazy optimist uh, with incredible amounts of exuberance and joy and willingness to see it and to let your cynic go and let your those injured harm parts not be the thing that designs the future, but your best self design the future, what would your vision be? How would the world look? What would your Star Trek episode look like? <laughs> how fabulous would the world be and what would your life look like inside of it what would be your work if you had the tool to paint the future questions up next you can ask pomegranate you can ask pomegranate hey pom this is wendy from portland i've had this tape in my head for a long time um and it's basically the voice of a 50s housewife and I always assumed that that 50s housewife that told me that I needed to satisfy the needs of whatever man I was with to protect myself was my mother. But um, I've come to see that it's too powerful to be my mother. 
I don't really want to go into that, but I, I'm telling you to think that this is more than just something psychological, that this is spiritual. So I'm at this point in my relationship where I'm probably fixing to leave this person that I'm with who has transformed me in many ways and who loves me very much because I can't get this voice out of my head and I'm very resentful. My question is, how do we separate the tape from something else? And then once you've determined it is something else, which I think I have, but it's more intuition than being able to rationalize why. Once you separate it, how do you sort of make amends with that voice or push it away? I've asked her to leave, and she doesn't leave. I've tried to rationalize, and that's not working either. Um, so, yeah, but that's my question for you. And also, I just wanted to say thank you because your podcast really helps me tapes in our head well we all have tapes in our head and we also have a lot of there's a lot of noise in the world for me as I continue to unfold my psychic ability um, there are times when I feel like I'm standing in the middle of Grand Central Station and all of the cacophony of those voices are in my head and there's techniques for getting rid of them and there there's techniques for sorting them and they're important to have as you become more psychic it's really important to have those techniques to sort and clear voices because the voices that are coming from the outside and they're not in the sound you know they're not in the common sound like you hear my voice right now but they're coming from the outside versus the voices that are implanted that are coming from the inside are two different things and the voices that are that come from the inside can be can have any kind of tenor at all and it really what you're going to have is the way your parents spoke to themselves um and or spoke to you and it can be either one, uh, beautiful, harmful, negative. You know, I, I actually have a name for those voices when they're, when they're harsh, which is, I call it the ancestral wounding, which is the way that our, an our ancestors are wounded and their voices of that wound comes through and damages you through your parents. And you, um, there's stuff you can do to cure that and heal that and that heals the ancestral wounding. And so whatever your ancestors were wounded by can stop being in your head and you cannot transfer it to your children. But if you don't have children, it actually still heals the world because you not carrying that wound and acting out of that wound heals the world and helps other people's heal. Healing begets healing regardless. So there are some voices in your head, which are your mother, and you know that, and you can hear it. And you know the way she talks to yourself. With my mother, um, she's talked to me in, in a way that I did not enjoy. And I told her she had better stop at a certain age when I was in my 20s. And she did a magnificent thing, which is she stopped talking to me like that. I, I told her if she didn't, I would stop talking to her altogether. <laughs> I used a pretty heavy hammer. Um, she, but she did stop talking to me like that, and it was wonderful. But what happened was she started talking to herself that way. It was really interesting. Um, so she stopped calling me stupid and started calling herself stupid. And I would have to say to her, stop talking to my mother that way because I don't like anybody talking about my mother that way, you know? So that's one set of things. And there's cognitive therapy to do that. There's getting rid of those in the psychology world. We call them automatic um, negative messages, ants or, or automatic negative something with the T, but anyway, you get the idea. And there's cognitive therapy that you can do to replace them. One, uh, 
which you can find in Dr. Phil's book. And uh, what's that guy? Can't remember his name. Anyway, you'll it's all it's all over the place. It's a common meme. You can find it just to reach retrain your brain. Um, that's not what you have. You don't have an automatic negative thought. That's an ant automatic negative thought. You don't have that voice is not an automatic negative thought. Uh, that voice is sounds like it's coming from the outside to me. And I think you caught a ghost. I think that you are a, were a little psychic girl and you were living in a home or um, an apartment somewhere where either a dead person's energy, uh, ghostly energy went back to after she died and was who was in that position and was haunt and caught on to you because you're psychic. And that energy and that ghost is talking to you all the time and is in that kind of whatever trap sounds like she's in some kind of thought trap and when she died and that's what she binds her to the earth and that binding is also binding to you because you're psychic because like our allies will talk to us also ghosts will look for the psychic child and on a slightly different note um predators sexual predators will look for fairy children um but that's that's another podcast um so ghosts look for psychic children and they attach to them and so they don't feel so alone and then they just run their little whatever their drama is that kept, makes them be stuck to the earth so you got a stuck ghost lady that's what's going on with you sorry to tell you and she's running a story and um you know now you have to develop the skill of making it go away and making it not haunt you because basically you're being haunted and it, it's really interesting um how common this is among psychics to be haunted to get to get um ghosts attached to you and haunt you and the thing about that is it's indicating a talent in you it's actually indicating a talent where you can actually hear and you know about unquiet dead which is another way to say ghosts again i say this every time i talk about ghosts but ghosts are always bad if you have a ghost in your life or you being talking with ghosts they're never good they're always bad and you don't want them it's not healthy it's not a healed situation it's an unhealed situation ghosts equal bad it's like somebody very sick not getting help that's what the way to think about them and sometimes very sick people or very mentally ill people who aren't getting help will damage you and sometimes they'll just be kind of annoying and sometimes they'll be somewhat benign but it's never good it's not good for them and who wants to be around someone who's not getting help nobody so you are you have a problem and you have a talent which is you hear dead people but a specific kind of dead people ghosts and many 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 psychics especially the big famous ones um they hear dead people but they don't hear ghosts they don't deal with ghosts they don't truck with ghosts they're not in the ghost business they hear what we call what i call ancestors and an ancestor is a person who has died and has done their um crossing over and had their reconciliation and life review and understands what their life was about and crossed over and have done that whole process and now come back and are able to be of help they have an ancestor job and they're of help ghosts are people who died and are trapped here and are not helpful they're harmful so you you can you can hear ghosts so what does that mean do you do anything about that right now no you got to learn how to deal with that that's a big job it's a difficult job and you actually have to be actively trained to deal with ghosts to be a ghost buster and there's a lot of people out there doing it and i don't know i'm sure there's a lot of really good people doing it and a lot of jokers who are doing it 
but you need to learn how to deal with it because either you're going to be doing it as a job or it's just sort of one of those little skill sets you have like I can knit I can deal with ghosts you know some people have a whole career doing it I do it I am really good at it and I do it but I don't have a career at it I do it when it's needed for the people around me so um, now what do we do about your dilemma, however, because you've got a very intrusive ghost causing you all kinds of troubles. When you have a voice in your head that is telling you bad things, that is never, ever, ever an ally of yours. It is never someone who's on your team. Even the challenger, which I talk about in another podcast, the challenger who is the being that sets challenges for you, loves you and is kind for you and is not going to be mean to you. It's always going to be like, I suggest you don't go out with that girlfriend. She seems like she's going to be harmful to you. (laughs) It's more like that. Um, And then you do it and then it is harmful. And then the challenger says, well, if you're if you're not done with that challenge I'll give it to you again until you can learn to not be around mean people for instance so when you hear a voice people in your head and this is the takeaway from this part of this question and it's mean or harmful or tells you to do harmful things or self hurt or puts you down or causes you any kind of negativity whatsoever ever that is not your ally. That is not your friend. It is either just the ancestral wounding coming through, or it's a ghost or a demon or some other weird thing. Now, demon, a demon is a simple thing. I don't know if I've ever explained demons, but I'll give you a quick thing about a demon from my point of view. I'm Catholic, so I use the word demon. It's kind of too powerful, really, for what an actual demon is. So uh, when I say the word demon, it means an energetic pattern that has been generated by humans when they are being mean about other people. So when you are being mean about someone and you're talking viciously about them or you're backstabbing them or you're putting them down behind their back or really even to them, what you're doing is you're generating an energy. And as you do that, you're essentially cursing that person. So when you're attacking someone's character, like she's such a fucking bitch. I hate her. She's just gross. She's so ugly. Things like that about someone. You're essentially throwing a curse at them. You're like, here's a curse. Here's another curse. Here's another curse. If you do that enough and with enough of your own energy involved in it, like you really get into it, what happens is you develop a a being. And I just, for sake of just because of the way I am, I call those things demons. And that being goes around, attaches to that person and haunts them and continues to cause them harm. Okay. So this is about language and talking and taking responsibility for the way you see the world and how you handle yourself. So and I'm very serious about this because I used to be one of those people. (laughs) What you have to do is you have to call back those demons and compost them and go, I will not participate in that anymore. And then send out the opposite, which is a prayer. So every time you say a prayer or you say beautiful things about someone, you're giving them a blessing. If you do that enough and you invest enough of your energy in it, you will develop a little angel, a little blessing angel that will follow that person around and, and help them. And of course, the law of three times three, whatever you put out comes back to you threefold. So for every little curse or demon you've put out there, people, it's coming back to you three times. So if your life is a piece of crap and you're wondering why, watch the way you talk about others. 
that's the first thing to look at as you say kind things and become kind the that energy will come back to you threefold so um sometimes what you're hearing is someone a demon that someone said on you and and sometimes and if you have demons on you you can just you just do a protection spell really quickly i might talk about that at the end of this answer but i want to go back to this ghost haunting um so yeah so you can have um voices in your head that come from demons that have been set upon you you can have voices in your head from ghosts you've picked up you can have voices in your head from weird energies that are just flying around i mean when you be become psychic and you don't know how to handle it essentially you're walking in kind of a weird alley way and you have no protection and it's dark and the lights are all burnt out think of it that way so we have to have protection when we do psychic work and we have to we have as we open our psychic skills we have to know how to handle the information that comes in we don't have to listen to every dang thing that comes along becoming psychic is a little bit like learning to read when you learn to read every single poster that is in the world you can now read you don't think it mean it's meaningful to you you think that's another poster. Not every piece of psychic information is going to come to you. And eventually you'll, you've got to learn how to filter them out. You have a, a haunting though. You have a woman attached to you and she's unhappy and she's in trouble. And she was living with some kind of molester who was hurting her children. And she had some weird way of fixing it that didn't work. And she died and now she's attached to you. So what I want to suggest to you about this is you got to do a clearing you got to do a banishing and then you got to cast a really good circle around you and your family. And I want to tell you right now, please don't leave your man. Doesn't sound like a thing to do this. It's not going to get better because you leave him. It's probably, he's probably protecting you a little bit from her. So don't do that. If you don't know how to do this yourself, then there are people who do do it. Ask around um, and you will find people who will clear can clear ghosts off of you that can clear this energy from you and that can help you with it. But for right now, what I would say to you is do uh, the clearing thing. I would do salt with her. Um, okay. I'm going to give a spell recipe. Why not? Okay. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to cast a circle, which means use your energy and your mind and your, and your breath to imagine you're surrounded in a circle of light, any color light you like, so that you're in a vibration that is protection. Then you're gonna take a whole big thing of salt and you're gonna pour, this is really old fashioned good old witchcraft. You're gonna pour salt on the floor in a circle around you. And you're gonna make a little, almost an entire circle, but there's gonna be a little doorway, okay? And you're going to step into that circle of salt. And when you step into that circle of salt, you're going to use a smudge stick and you're going to, you're going to use an entire smudge stick, whatever you can. You're going to burn a ton of herbs and you're going to let it on fire. Make sure you have a nice little dish so that all the coals can go into it and really get that thing burning. And you're going to smudge, 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 smudge yourself off, burning a lot of herbs. And your and if your daughter can, participate. I think you have a daughter. I think you said that your child can participate and your husband can participate. You do them all. And if you, they can't participate, then representations of them, pictures of them in the circle, smudge, 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 smudge. Like, you know, burn that place up. Like you're going to have a lot of smoke in your house. Okay. And you're going to say you're dead lady. Go on to your next incarnation. You're dead. Go to the light. 
go to the light. You're dead. Explain to her, you are dead. You are suffering. This is 2015. You need to cross over. Go to the light. Go to the people that will help you. And smudge, 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 smudge. And then when you're done smudging and you feel her lift and, and you say it with authority, you say, you may not stay with me anymore. I will no longer listen to you and you may not stay with me. And you use a lot of authority because body trumps spirit. This is another famous saying of mine. Body trumps spirit. We always take care of the body. The body always has more power than any spirit does. We always want to take care of the body first and you have the power of the body. And you say to her, you do get, you do not get to be with me. You do not get to stay with me. Go. And then when you feel her lift, which she will, because you told her she had to finish doing, um, drawing the circle of salt. And then you say, no ghosts may attach to me ever again. And that is the nature of my existence. And then that's the end. And then you close, you can close the circle down, leave that, sweep up all the salt, put it in a bowl and put it on your table for a little while just to let it soak in. And then you might want to scatter it around your house a little just to re-energize that even more. So that's what I would do. That's how I would handle that. And she will go. And as I'm sitting here talking, I'm feeling a twitch in my left shoulder, um, right above my scapula. And it, that's where she's hooked into you. So just really pay attention to that. Get some lavender oil or lavender mist and really start treating that with a, because lavender is a boundary plant and lavender will create a boundary for you to start lifting her out because she's actually hooked into your left shoulder. Um, you might have pain there. So that's what I would do. And now, just as a little aside to finish the demon thing, um, if, you have, if you feel like people are gossiping about you viciously and um, you have a lot of little demons sent to you or curses sent to you from other people, um, all you have to do is just um, do a clearing again, somewhat similarly, where you just burn a little sage or you spritz a little lavender spritz around it and you just put a little energy around and you just say, I bless, you don't curse them back, honey. Don't do that. I always feel like doing that, but because uh, <laughs> I got a little bit of warrior, but I'm like, and I now shall curse you back. No, don't do it. Just be like, all right, honey, I see you're suffering, but these things don't belong to me. Go on home to your mama. <laughs> Just go on home. You don't need to come here to me. Go back home because you don't belong to me. You're, you're curses that are belonging to her and she needs that challenge. So let her have it back or he and just send them back and just spritz around yourself and just be like, I'm not a person who needs these things attached to me. It's not a way I need to learn and hold that in your center. All right. Hearing voices. Great question. Thank you. Five two zero two 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 ninety nine twenty two ninety nine twenty two visit my website at askpomegranate.com hey pomegranate it's nadia i'm sitting in the kitchen with piana <laughs> we have a late night question wondering about if it's possible to clear the energy of the maker off of an item that you might have in your home. You can do that clearing. And then the second question is, as a blood relation, can you clear the blood to blood? Can you clear the energy from each other if the maker is blood related to you? Or would you have to hand that over to a 
friends and have them do that work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we're wondering, and I hope you get this question. Love you. Thank you. Hey, it's um, Nadia again. (laughs) We got another one for you. All right, so here it is. How do you clear money um, that's in data in, in the bank system? How would you work with money clearing the energy off of it that's in the system? And how would you, like, what's up with doing a money spell in data? And how is that possible? What would you do personally about that? Okay, that's a lot of questions. I will start with, uh, but they're all about clearing. So let's start with um, clearing objects. All right, so you've got an object. Clearly, it has a problem of some kind, and you don't want the energy of the person who made it in the object and you want to keep the object. So I'll say this. No, you can't clear the energy of a person who made a thing out of the object, just like you can't clear the fir tree out of a fir tree branch. You know, I mean, it's made by the being, it's made by the person, and they're in it. What I would say is if you have a problem object like this and you want to keep the object, but it's got all this problem in it, there's a way that you can certainly reclaim the magic of it, or you could do a thing where you... Um, cleared out the bad mojo of that person, but then also, but, but allowed their best traits to stay in the pattern of the object. You can absolutely do that. That's a lot of work though. That takes a certain amount of dedication. You have to really work with the object on a daily basis. You have to pray over it. You have to also send a lot of really healing energy to that person. Um, you have to send them <clears throat> healing and you have to be like, we're going to drain out of this object, your bad energy. And we're going to really encourage your positive energy to come forward. And you got to really be attached to this item to do this. You have to really be like, this is an important item. This is a karmic item. This is a magical tool of mine, or this is really important to me historically. I have a very strong ancestral connection to this object. Um, you can do that. And you can also like, say for instance, you have, um, a beautiful tool that is from your ancestors who own slaves. I don't know. It's up today for me. So let's say that, but it's a beautiful object, but those people were horrible. And the way that they implemented it was bad. You can really reclaim that object partly by offering energy to the people who are harmed and doing a prayer and acknowledging and being really truthful about that history and really doing some uh, reconciliation around that energy. And slowly you can reclaim that object so it's usable by you, but it will never, the object will never not have been owned by that person. And it will never not have um, gathered the energy of that era. So you just, but you have to be like acknowledging of it. So uh, my Angelo, talks about this she talks about how she doesn't she never allowed people in her house were racists or were mean or cruel because she talks about in her beautiful voice she would talk about how it goes into the pillows it goes the energy of that goes into the curtains it goes into you it goes into the drapes it goes into the table and you don't want that energy in there so you have to be careful about what you allow to influence you and influence your home because your life absorbs that vibration 
And so that object has absorbed vibrations from the person and also uh, from whatever else that was going on when that person owned it. But you can, you know, you can do basically a clearing on it for sure. If it's, if, and I'm, if this is all what I'm saying is especially true if it's a blood relative of yours that did it so that it's really in your family pattern as well, that's going to be even harder and you're going to have to be more dedicated. Mostly what I would say is just pass, you know, clear, do a clearing on it and pass it on um, so that that energy doesn't have to affect you and you can also have tried to heal it. Um, as a way to hand it over to someone else. So when they get it, it's clear and good. But no, the person who made it is going to be a little bit in it. Um, but they're not going to be totally, I mean, you don't have to. You know, there's this question of, do we condemn the artist um, for their art? Can you separate the art from the artist? And I, I actually, I guess this is a little contradictory, but I actually think you can and should um, separate the artist out from the art. Um, I think a lot of, for instance, currently Bill Cosby is being accused of a lot of heinous uh, crimes of rape, and yet he has this body of work which is very uplifting and uh, good and noble, although I've watched some of those episodes when I, they were out and I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? This seems kind of idiotic and did not agree with him. But, but it was very uplifting nonetheless uh, for America and for race relationships and for black people in America. So... I'm like, let's not condemn his show, even though he, as a human being, he's an actor, right? So he was acting, and who he actually is is somebody completely different. Yes, we condemn him for his horrible behavior, but do we condemn his work? Do we condemn uh, Picasso because he was a misogynist nutcase <laughs> for his paintings? You know, we got to be able at some point to just take what they put into it. So if the work works for you, if what they put into the work is beautiful, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's contaminated with the foibles of the humans. Humans are complex, as one of my teachers tells me. And we can't, we don't want to be puritanical or fundamentalist about things. Everybody does mean things. Everybody screws up. It doesn't mean you should eschew every object that somebody has done because they've also done terrible things because we all do to some degree or other nobody's there is no perfect object made by the perfect person so there's a limit to this is what i'm trying to get to rather than being contradictory i want you to know there's a limit to this but like you know if you have a thing that you're you know you have, you have the belt that your dad you know spanked you with and you want to clear it don't just compost it get rid of it that's no good it's not worth your while you know um, I did have a friend who did a piece that was Jewish and had a, been given a, an object that had swastika, swastikas all over it. It wasn't, it was pre, the, the object was made before the Nazis came to power, so the object itself was not contaminated, but she had to do a work with it because she was Jewish and the swastikas and so on. And there's a way to reclaim that object and hold it in beauty, even though it's covered in a symbol that then later got co-opted for evil we don't like things getting co-opted for evil it's too bad about the swastika uh, but it is gone we can't use it it's been co-opted by evil so but so that's that's generally that so objects from a family uh you probably can't really do much for objects of your own there's a way to reconcile it for yourself clearing money that is in the bank that's not a physical dollar in your hand there should be no difference um 
you probably have a printout of a piece of paper that records the money, like a receipt or something. Just use that. There's no absolutely no difference between paper money and bank money. Um, you know, money is is a spell, and money is flying around the planet at all times. Money is a hysterical spell that's running around the planet at all times. Like, just think about the stock market. That's what it can do. It can cause such hysteria. But it's always moving. It's like a really fast current. It's like the jet steam but it's really really fast and you can have you can just think about it or you can have a paper representation of it and you can certainly clear money money can be cleared money is a thing that you can clear like nobody's business crap does not cling to money like it's like it like it, it just doesn't it just will leave as soon as you ask it to leave and it will also absorb whatever spell you have whatever your intention you have for it will go into it so i've said this before i'll say it again whenever you receive money you should know what your intention, what your relationship with money is, because whatever your attitude is with money will go into that money. So if you're like, money is bad, money is the root of all evil. Yep, that's what that money is now. It's the root of all evil. And off it goes to the next person. The root of all evil, you're spreading it around. If you're like, money is hard and money makes life difficult, then that goes into the money. If you... If your attitude is money is an incredible resource that can be used for the good and the healing of everybody while we have it, let's use it. Then that goes into the money. So um, be aware of what your personal thoughts and beliefs and intentions for money are. And if you want to, I've said this before, I'll say it again. What you do is just set an intention and you can, all of us can do this in this moment where we say, whenever I receive money, it is cleared of whatever negative energy is in it instantly because be upon receiving it, because it comes to me, it gets cleared. And as it leaves me, it gets imbued with whatever you choose to imbue it with. And then when money comes to you again, it will be imbued with that intention whatever you put into it will then be the thing you receive. Okay. It gets cleared of negativity and you receive only the good and then you imbue it with more good. And whoa, what will happen if we all did that? How would that change the world? That could be very healing because it's a spell people. It's just energy. At this point, it's represented as zeros and ones mostly. And it's flying around you right now, like crazy. It's flying all around the world constantly it's it's never gotten to the level it's at now where it's just like like that so that's what you do and money spell in the bank yes just do it i just did it we just did it thank you for those so many questions five two zero Two 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 ninety nine twenty two ninety nine twenty two. Looking for a spiritual teacher or want to have a fun weekend exploring magic? Come to the third annual Northwest Magic Conference, formerly known as Merry Meet. It's a really great conference with many different teachers exploring different issues. I'll be there teaching. It's April 11th and 12th, 2015, held at the World Forestry Center in Portland, Oregon. To find out more or to register, go to marymeetportland.com. That's marymeetportland.com. M-E-R-R-Y-M-E-E-T, portland.com. See you there.
Would you like to leave a question for Ask Pomegranate? You can call me 520-222-9922. But if you're a bit shy about being on voicemail, you can also write me an email at askpomegranate at gmail.com or go to my Facebook page, Ask Pomegranate Podcast, and write a message there. Hey, Pom, I'm calling you with a question about fear. I'm familiar with some of the things that you've talked about, emotions giving us information, like sadness tells us something we need to accept, and anger tells us we need to have a boundary. But what is fear? What is the message of fear magically? Thanks so much. Bye. Fear. Oh, that's a hard one, isn't it? It's It's hard for all of us to live in these little animal bodies and our animal bodies really are very emotional. This is a water planet and the water is your emotions and your psychic awareness. And that's what it represents and holds. And we're in big sacks of water walking around. And so we are basically a giant bag of emotions and fear is a really strong experience. It's very strong to be in fear. And as animals, I mean, I don't know about you, and I cultivate and meditate and get myself very calm, but I still experience fear on a regular basis throughout the day. You know, <laughs> I mean, if you drop something, <laughs> and these are responses, you know, the, your body responds. It's not, you don't, you know, it's, it's, a reflex you don't think now I think I will be afraid of this if we did we would go we would never have our feelings um we react with emotions and our one one person said to me I'm in charge of my anger I'm in charge of my fear and I said really and then I screamed at them really loud this was (laughs) this was in a session can you believe I did that I screamed at them really loud and they went oh and they got really mad at me and I said so are you in charge of that You're not in charge of it. You have it as a response. What you're in charge of is what you do once you feel angry, once you feel afraid. That's what you're in charge with. But you're not in charge of feeling afraid. And also we're wired. You come in with different emotional wiring. Um, Some people are more high strung than others. Some people are more fearful than others because of their actual genetic makeup. I mean, you can see it in puppy dogs, different dogs are in different cats are more skittish. You have scaredy cats and calm cats. That's all there is to it. So you're going to be wired a certain way. You're going to have a a programming from your childhood about what emotions are allowed. We all come from childhoods where you're allowed to be angry. In my childhood, you were allowed to be angry. You weren't allowed to be afraid. You're allowed to be happy. You weren't allowed to be sad. So, you know, I cover up my fear with anger. That's so I know I'm afraid because I'm feeling angry. So we get into complexities. Um, But fear itself. So the nature of fear is an okay this is really about the animal the animal is really got to have this one because the animal wants has a mandate to stay alive as long as it want it can you know the animal body you're an animal by the way your your animal body wants to stay alive as long as it can you might be all like cool and spiritual about leaving and dying but your animal body is not um this animal body which which will go into the earth later and we call that part of you those who remain that's a that's an important part of who you are will fall into the earth and the story of your life will go into the earth 
and the story of who you are and everything that happened to you and everything you did will go into the earth and compost into the earth and become a part of the story of the land magic the land you live on will absorb those stories and become a part of that land's nature so that's an important thing but your animal body wants to live as long as it can and it also wants to procreate um that's the two things it wants to do uh and it also wants other than that it wants to be warm it doesn't want any challenges it wants to be safe it wants to feel fed it wants to get um cuddles you know that's what your animal body wants and when your animal body has any threat of any of those things it will have a reaction uh, that is fear it will go oh oh i might be i might be in danger and it, it doesn't know it's not intuitive it's not psychic it's not thinking from it's not thinking it's just like i might die so if somebody bang makes a loud noise your animal body will say am i gonna die am i gonna get injured am i not gonna live as long as i can um is there danger to my warmth and security it's just what it does it's no big deal and it happens to me like what five times ten, ten times a day and when you're menopausal ladies when you get menopausal your body thinks it's dying and so you will wake up in the middle of the night with unbidden anxiety because your body's going oh, i'm dying and it's like no you're having a hot flash <laughs> but doesn't that mean i'm dying and it's like yes you are dying but your body's not dying everything's fine try to get back to sleep so the question isn't how do i stop my fear the question is what is my fear for and that was what your question was what is it for what does it do um and then i would add how can i use it how can it be useful to me uh, maybe i don't have an answer to that but i would add that question so your fear is asking you it's, it's saying and it's very very simple am i safe and it will be about something so it'll want to know am i safe about this mostly am i gonna be physically harmed am i physically going to get to die um or and then if it's not then then it will be just those other questions of is do i have a warm place to stay does anybody love love me can i get cuddles is there food to eat is there it's real real basic and all you have to do when you feel free f afraid is go i feel afraid what is it what's the concern what is the safety issue oh it's maybe for most of us it's i don't know if i'm going to be loved and the animal knows it needs tribe the animal knows it needs tribe the animal understands that all of the riches in the world come from tribe uh our human brains think all the riches in the world comes from money but our animal and our spirit self knows that all the riches in the world are always present at all times and abundant and you are well and all manner of things are well and but the animal body's like my riches come from tribe and so what it mostly wants to know is am i physically safe is there someone to love me am i going to be okay <laughs> you know and so you just have to answer that question and the answer is important and really don't just go oh i'm just afraid it's okay calm down actually ask the question because 
I don't know if you're safe right now. Your brain can convince you of all kinds of crap that isn't true. You might not be safe. You might be actually hanging out with people who are dangerous and the tribe is wrong and bad and tearing you down. You might actually be eating food that is harming you. You might actually think that your brain might be thinking you're safe, but actually your intuition is waking you up and going, no, there's somebody in the house. Ask the question. Don't just calm yourself down, which is what we've been trained to do. Oh, no, it's nothing. Uh, it's fine. That The knock at the door that I'm having a bad reaction to is nothing. It's like, no, maybe it's not nothing. Listen to your gut. Listen to your animal body. It has... Um, it has a sense that you don't have. It's not intuitive. It's the animal's response. You know, for instance, um, during the tsunami in Indonesia, um, all of the animals took off 15 minutes before the tsunami hit and were uh, up ground, had moved way up ground. I, that's a story I heard. I hope it's true. But they all moved because they knew there was a freaking wave coming. That was because they were listening to their animal bodies uh, humans, you have animal bodies too, but you've been trained to stop listening to it. My cat has decided to join the discussion. She's saying, I have an animal body. I'm a kitty cat. I know. So pay attention to the animal body. Actually ask the question um, and pay attention to that fear. Pay attention to what the animal body is asking you. Am I safe? And really look, you know, was, was there was a big bang? Is it okay? It, it's not about being hypervigilant. Hypervigilance is a response to past trauma. It's about just really honoring that fear and giving it a voice and checking it out and getting back into a right relationship with that fear. That's what's important. But it's just asking, am I safe? That's uh, the short answer to your question is, is uh, am I safe? Am I safe? And you might not be, and you might be. Most of the time you are, probably most of the time you are. But sometimes you're not. So answer, look, actually consider. Thank you for that question. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. She's a priestess. Hi, pomegranate. This is Samantha from Washington. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for um, updating your podcast. I really enjoy and always learn a lot from listening. Um, so my question to you is, uh, what are your ideas and um, experiences or um, things you might share with us about um, forgiveness within families, particularly uh, children uh, coming to terms with uh, trying to seek some kind of forgiving feelings towards parents who really did um, neglect emotionally and psychologically um, in whatever ways really uh, let their children down, perhaps even abused them. Um, and I'm talking as a child who later on in life um, is coming to terms with uh, respecting par parents as peers, but really um, trying to have difficult conversations with them about more and better emotional boundaries and um, more accountability talks about how they did not do the best they could as parents to um, children, to myself. So yeah, if you could speak to that forgiveness um, within families, boundaries, uh, things about that, I'd really appreciate it. All right, um, thank you so much. Be well. Thank you for your question. This is a difficult question 
to talk about. Um, and I want to say to you that I'm sorry that that happened to you. And I'm glad that you're able to think about it and consider it. And clearly you're seeking healing and you're also not leaving it there. You're not just noticing and being upset or angry or hurt about it, but you're also like, what can I do? How can I heal this? How can I be the agent that comes and heals this with the parent that hurt me? <clears throat> and that's, that's really, really profound, actually beautiful and hard and and somewhat rare. And hopefully will be continue to be less and less rare as we develop as humans in our evolution. We're really going through a big evolutionary change right now where uh, we're not just getting injured and reacting and we're not just getting injured and then, you know, acknowledging it and trying to heal ourselves, but we're actually trying to come to a place of, um, like in South Africa, truth and reconciliation, this idea that we don't have to go into punishment mode to heal it, to react or attack someone, but we can actually come to a place of truth about it and reconciliation, um, which then allows for forgiveness. So that is the question. How do I forgive? Well, you can forgive and you will forgive. You're already on the track to forgiveness. And forgiveness is really at its heart. What it is, is having compassion for the person who does the injury. And it's important, it's important to know that every human on the planet is acting or reacting out of some kind of um, whatever their experience was. And people who are doing harm are usually reacting out of their own harm. So for instance, both Stalin and uh, Hitler were children who were beat every day by their father. I mean, you know, you see the fallout. Uh, <clears throat> they were abused, they become abusive. And it's just the pattern. It's, and we have to break those patterns. We have to heal those ancestral wounds. And the thing about forgiveness is when you come to a place of forgiveness, you are dropping your need to hold on to the injury. You are at a place where you're like, I can let go of this injury. I can see the person in their suffering enough to know that they harmed me and that that harm was equally harmful to themselves. That when you harm another, it's self, it's a form of self abuse. And um, you come to a place of that and you can let it lie. You can just let that be true and not have to not have to hurt them back or carry on the tradition of pain and harm and suffering. And you can let the suffering go from within yourself. That's what you're really doing. You're like, you're letting the suffering go. And we do that when we have done all of the healing we need to do. So when I say you come to a place of forgiveness, you have, to, that's a journey. And one of the things you cannot do and is not useful is to try to forgive someone before you've done your journey of healing. Uh, it's, it's, that is actually, that can actually be more harmful to you than anything else is like, I will forgive them because, you know, I have all this compassion for them. Um, <clears throat> no, honey, look, here's the deal. You got to go through your journey, which means you got to go through all of your responses. You get to be angry at someone who neglected and abused you. You get to be mad that your parents, um, pulled the crap that they pulled, whatever it may be. 
you get to be sad about that you you are sad about it you are angry about it you are that did put you into fear that did uh cause you to have um shock and disgust these are all the things that processes you've got to go through in order to really reconcile yourself to what they did and if you have grown up to not be like that then that's partly because you're in a different environment than them because you made different choices than them and maybe something they did too to help you become different from them so we don't know it's very complex but you got to go through your journey so don't forgive before you get to forgiveness and when you come to forgiveness it's just so easy you just come to a place where you're like i forgive you i i see i see i understand that you were wounded and you transferred that wounding on, that you didn't have a life skill that you could not, so therefore you could not give me that life skill. So what I can do is get that life skill myself. So if you were neglected, it's very possible that your uh, parent was neglected and they just didn't have the life skill. Or if you were hit, your parent was raised through hitting. This is often what happens. It's not always true. Sometimes people arrive, whatever happens, they get a brain injury or something else happens and they're abusive to their children. Then that's because of the brain injury or because of the misogyny they were raised in or who knows what. So coming to forgiveness is a process. Give yourself time. And if you can't get there, okay, whatever. You didn't get there. You weren't ready. The, the, maybe you won't do it till they die. Or I have a particular person in my, not in my immediate family, but outside my family who peripherally, who I have real trouble with. And I did a campaign one year and I said, this is the year I forgive this woman. And I <laughs> was like, I will forgive her. And I spent every day that year trying to forgive her at the end of the year I had not forgiven her and I went all right well I didn't forgive her I guess I'm not forgiving her <laughs> so that's my burden to bear I have a burden with it because I'm I've got this little knot of like mm. and partly it's that I don't feel I don't feel that there's enough protection around the people I love from her. So I'm not ready to forgive her yet because I, I still need to be a little vigilant and protective. And so that might be, you might have a real good reason for not getting ready to forgive when you get there. And so be patient with that. I'm being patient with that. I'm like, all right, fine. You didn't, you're not going to forgive. Maybe when she's dead, you'll forgive her. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I'm curious because I'm not in charge of that feeling. I am cultivating it. I am working on it. I am not sending her curses. I am not doing that. But I am, uh, I am unable to forgive her for what she has done. And I will. I one day will. I don't know if it's before I die but I'll try and I'm open to it. And that's what you have to do. You just have to be patient with these things. You have to come to a place of forgiveness. And one way you can come to a place of forgiveness, this is not something I will do with that person, but I did do with my mother, which is just sit her down and talk to her. Just be like, look, here's what happened. Uh, here's why I'm angry. Here's why I'm hurt. Do you want to, do you want to make any reconciliation? Now only do that if you know the person is capable of that kind of growth it's pretty dramatic to ask someone of that kind of growth and it's very possible that when you sit someone down for that they will disappoint you and hurt you more they'll re-injure you again by not doing what you hope they will do so if you're going to go into a situation where this is what you did this is how i was hurt do it just because you need to say it not because you expect them to actually take on the, the burden of it because it is 
much more likely that someone will be defensive and rejecting rather than open and healing. So go in just expecting them to not and do it with a counselor. Don't do it alone. <laughs> Don't just go to your mom's house or your dad's house and go, this is what you did, dad. And I'm really mad at you. Just be like, can you go to counseling with me? Cause I want to tell you, I want to talk about my childhood with you so that there's a mediating energy there. Expect them to fail and don't be shocked when they do and only do it because you actually need to have a voice and going to a counselor and sitting alone with them is the most dramatic way to do it, but you could also do it. We always want to look for the minimally effective response to things. You could also just write them a letter and not even send them a letter, write them a letter and burn it and send it to them on the psychic level. Um, you don't even have to send them a letter. You can just write the letter and then burn it and send it to them on the psychic level. And one thing that I do a lot is I talk to people's higher selves when I have problems with people and there's trouble. I'll go, so you have your human self, you have your animal self, and then you have your soul self. This is expressed in your chakras by the ball of white light above your head that holds your soul. And you just go to the, you talk to their soul about them. And you can say, you know, I'm really mad at dad because he blankety blank, blank, blank. You talk to their soul and you say, is there any, any healing that they can offer me or any way that they can help me because I feel very injured by what they did. And I do this thing a lot. Try talking to them in their dreams, go to the dreams and have a conversation with the person you're having trouble with in the dream. And you do this by saying, wow, I'm really mad. I'm really hurt. I'm really sad. I really want to talk to them about it, but I don't want to talk to them in person. I want to talk to them in my dreams. I've had a lot of really strong conversations in my dream world. I've ended some relationships in my dream world. And it's just a practice every night before you go to bed going, I'd like to have a conversation with them. And that has actually for I have found one of the most effective ways to resolve issues with people when you're both still alive is through the dreams or when one of you is dead. Hopefully, hopefully everybody's alive and you can still have time to reconcile. So that's what I would do. But don't push it, honey. Forgiveness comes when it wants. And it's not up to you. Your brain can't tell you it's time to forgive. You just have to open your heart to the idea of it and try. And don't do it before it's too early. If you're still mad, afraid, sad, disgusted, or shocked by what happened, you're not ready for forgiveness. You have to process all of those feelings. All right, my dear, many blessings to you. I'm very sorry that happened to you. For more podcasts and special offers, visit my website at askpomegranate.com. Looking for a spiritual teacher? or want to have a fun weekend exploring magic, come to the third annual Northwest Magic Conference, formerly known as Merry Meet. It's a really great conference with many different teachers exploring different issues. I'll be there teaching. It's April 11th and 12th, 2015, held at the World Forestry Center in Portland, Oregon. To find out more or to register, Go to marymeetportland.com. That's marymeetportland.com. M-E-R-R-Y-M-E-E-T, portland.com. See you there. Well, that's another podcast. I'd like to thank Kayleen Beaujolais, my wonderful producer and sound engineer for all of her amazing work. 
go to my webpage if you want to check out more podcasts at askpomegranate.com. And I just love hearing from you. Thank you for the questions. Have a wonderful time. You can ask Pomegranate. You can ask Pomegranate. She's a